Thanks for dropping in with us. You're listening to the Moving Beyond Trauma podcast with spiritual facilitators Judy Dragon from the U.S., that's me, and Leila Kubigusa from Belgium, Europe. And that's me. We share about trauma intelligence through the awareness of the Theta Healing Technique. Gratitude for being here with us. All right, we're live. Hi, everyone. And I just want to welcome you to our second podcast for the Moving Beyond Trauma podcast. And we are the Moving Beyond Trauma Project. And Layla has a story this morning about hope and heartfulness. And I'm just going to turn it over to her because I haven't even heard it but she just shared that she wanted to put this out this morning. Right. Thanks. Yes, so today something happened that really deeply touched my heart and those encounters uh, are are just really meaningful. So I have a background of complex and serial trauma and my healing journey is ongoing and so in 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 yeah revisiting my life my relationships my friends you know a lot of the old has left and a lot of new is coming in and so i made a i made a new friend a while ago and so for those who may not know i am a um 45 year old female I have genes from Burundi, Italy, and Belgium, Belgium. So a lot of mixed culture in my background, and you can tell when you see me. And so my new friend is a white male. He's 30 years old. And we met through <laughs> Toastmasters, actually. This, this club to, uh, you know, very um, non-spiritual club where you learn to speak in public basically i was a member of that just for a little while but we connected and today we played ping pong together and we always have these amazing conversations because he's very interested spiritually he's really looking for his own uh path he does business coaching at the moment as a job and You know, as I am learning to show up in authentic ways in the world, I no longer want to consider it normal that I don't talk about what I survived or what I lived through or what my process is like. And of course, it takes a lot of discernment, you know, to to know who to tell what to and how much. And it's really a balancing act. It has been a balancing act for me, for sure. And so... It's a total delight for me to discover what friendship can be with, you know, a soul in his uh, form at the moment. And I can tell the interest is is really mutual. So um, the conversations that we have are just amazing. And so today I ended up sharing a little bit about my process, about, you know, one of the things in my background is that my stepfather 
was a drug dealer, a coke dealer, which is something that I only learned like decades later. I was told a lot of lies when I was a kid. And so, I don't know, it came up and it felt safe and appropriate to just share a little bit about that. And it was so healing to witness his response. Like we were playing ping pong and we were telling stories and I was sharing that during the play and he, he paused. And he, I could tell he was really, he went back, it, he, was, he went deeply into his heart. He really wanted to stay present for, you know, his own feelings around that. And he expressed a lot of compassion and, and amazement of, you know, that I'm doing well now, that I'm, you know, a person and I'm functioning, that I'm not in constant suffering or anything. And uh, I, I witnessed his reaction and it was, it was, it was just so different than the reactions that I used to have from white males. It was humbling for both of us. He, he mentioned feeling that, I don't know, that it was meaningful on a collective level as well. For us, you know, the, the souls that we are, the incarnations that we chose to meet and really feel met, feel met, yes, by each other while we stay present for ourselves. Like there was no rescuing, no minimizing, no dismissing, no trying to fix it, no, you know, all those um, reactions that you can get when you share some of the horrible things that you survived. There was none of that. And um, he also expressed, you know, in the context of, of a little bit more of the story that I shared, that I'm, I'm not going to share it now because it's, it's not relevant, but he, he was aware that he was in some kind of privileged position, being a white male in a Western, you know, in the Western society, which, you know, I, I'm not even sure if I really agree with that position, but he, he just mentioned it. And there was this humility, this wisdom. And I also kept in mind, he's only 30 years old. And, you know, to me, my, my new friend is, is just one of those children of the new age who grew up, luckily, without complex or serial trauma. He was really encouraged by his environment to find his own path. And I was just so grateful for that experience. And for him to name, hey, I'm a white male and I'm witnessing this and just healing, just this, this feeling of wonder of, of, wow, this connection is just really meaningful. And you know, that, that's all it was, just that experience, the feeling, and he was aware of it too. And um, we felt so grateful that we got to meet, that we got to share this, that he got to witness, that I got to witness. And I, I told him how meaningful it was to me that, you know, a, a, somebody who didn't, didn't survive extreme trauma could witness me having, you know, having that in my background. And he was a little surprised by that. And I said, why are you surprised? He said, well, I, I don't know what the added value is. And I said, oh my God, it is so valuable for you to know, to know about that, to 
witness what that or to know what that could look like you know what what that that exists in the first place that people can heal from this especially since he does coaching work as well and i told him it's so valuable for you know and i want to say regular folk but uh, you know that's neither here nor there but you know what i mean right for people to recognize that extreme trauma and whatever symptoms um, could be displayed so that he can stay in his heart for that and he will pass that on. And I could just see how meaningful it was to him. Like he didn't understand the value he brought by just witnessing that and compassion. And yeah. I talked about that a lot. I let him know how meaningful that is for trauma survivors. I just really appreciated hearing, you know, the full details of, of this story with this man. And as you were talking, I was just really feeling into the fact of the simplicity of healing when someone's just listened to, like completely listened to, no judgment, just there and holding that space and coming from a place of neutrality and openness and i just thought man would that change the world if more of us could do that right. you know could just stay in that i want to say emotional solidity to be with another person and um you know when you were talking about him being a white young male, I agree that there's been the, the new birthings, I want to say, in the last 30 years, the children that are coming in have that wisdom. If they're not traumatized, you know, which is pretty rare these days, that there isn't some level of trauma that comes in. So it was just, um, I, I felt a lot of hope in it because there are these children here um, that don't have to go through a lot and can listen and um, share from, from their place of awareness too because there's like these tidbits, or I don't even wanna say tidbits, there's gems if we're really listening to another person. So I'm wondering, and, and just hearing me say that, you know, how you feel about it. Yes. Hope, hope, emotional solidity, you know, those things that you said, that is also what I felt, what I saw. And I can also tell that I've had to really integrate that into myself first before I could meet people who would meet me there. I really feel that. And I'm sure it's not the same for everyone. But yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it's been definitely a journey for me to, um, to kind of know what I wanted in being listened to and um, having someone there just to be um, back, but being authentic about it. I mean, you can sound like a parrot or you can sound like you're truly, your heart's there with them. 
And I know that in, you know, our friendship, I've really seen that developed in how you hold space for me, you know, when we're listening to each other, just to appreciate you for that too. Mm. So, um, also as far as the, the story, um, it's really says a lot. You mentioned about friendships and how friendships through the years, you know, you have to let some go and new ones come in at a different quality. And I think that's so important to reiterate that because that's something that everyone who goes through an intense trauma process, they're going to see these people that don't work in their life. You know, they had parasitical energy or take advantage of them, which is the same thing, and or um, minimizes them, puts them down. You know, it's like that doesn't work anymore. It's like both of us are able to kind of hear that and go, uh-uh, it doesn't work. And, you know, we can either step in and engage and, and say, you know, I don't understand what you mean. Can you say it a different way? I'm not being able to hear you in that way. Or we can decide, no, it's not even worth our energy. And you knew right away with this man that there was this energetic awareness and there could be a development of a friendship. There were a lot of commonalities. And he was respectful. Mm. You know? Yeah. And so I, I think that, you know, people get afraid on the journey that they're going to not have any connections. They're going to lose their friends or their family. And I always think to myself, what's the most important thing I don't want to lose is me. And I, I think people don't think that way. You know, what do you think? Yeah, yeah. When you grow up in an environment that continuously... overwhelms you when you feel abused every day then it is a survival mechanism to indeed pull away from yourself and start taking care of everything around you uh, you know being in a hyper alert state and your needs become completely you know at the bottom of the of the list and it's it's not how humans are supposed to live when we thrive it's important it's essential to put our needs first because if we don't know what our needs are and if we don't take care of our needs then we run around with unfulfilled needs all the time and the subconscious then is going to take over and start to try and try to get that from other people and that is how you end up in that drama triangle all the time this, this codependent pattern so I, I want to just interject because I don't know if everybody knows what the drama triangle is. Oh. So just to share, you know, that a drama triangle um, has three positions. It has the victim, the enabler, and the persecutor. So any of these, the, the victim, of course, most people know, you know, it's my fault or... Um, I caused this, or I'm to blame, or everything happens to me. That is the victim position. 
Then there's the enabler who's always attempting to mediate things, to make things okay for everybody, which is exhausting. <laughs> and, um, or people call it the codependent, right? Mm -hmm. And then there's the persecutor, the one who is uh, the power over person. The, and the victim would be the power under person. And so that power over person, you know, making you wrong, bullying you, uh, uh, putting you down, those kinds, or, or, or abusing you, those are the persecutor role. Now, the interesting point of it is that every position is actually the victim position because it rotates so quickly and each position, position has been victimized. The only way to get out of a drama triangle is to extricate yourself from it and leave it. Yeah. So just for clarity, I want to add that this is a model about the dynamics between people, like relationships. Like those three positions are what you can feel in, in the dynamics with another person or a group. I mean, if you feel that, then um, and, and you're in that drama triangle, then indeed the only way to get out of that codependent dynamic is to step out of it, to be empowered, to take responsibility for your own experience, but with clarity about your boundaries, like clarity about what's yours, what's not yours. Um, because indeed, when you don't do that, you just end up switching positions all the time. Or, I mean, maybe, maybe you don't necessarily switch it. Some people may stay in, in one role mostly, but in my experience, it's, it's, it's usually a switching. And yeah. I agree that all of those positions come from a victim-based belief system because all of those positions believe that what happens to them is somebody else's fault and they can't help it because they're helpless, therefore victimized. Right. At a very deep level, even the perpetrator, the persecutor uh, role. Absolutely. And that's something that people don't think about, about the persecutor role. You know, we hear these things of all these abusers that are being accused at this time. And people forget that this didn't, this behavior didn't come out of nowhere. Right. Okay. And for me, um, well, I could talk forever about this, but I actually want to go back to bring it into about the friendships. Because when we create friendships, I think it's so important that we bring in trust building skills and being able to witness engaging in a drama triangle already gives you a signal that something's really off, you know? And so if you're bringing in new friends and letting go of old ones, feeling into what your needs are, like you were saying before, is just so essential, like writing a list. What do I want in friendships? And looking at the qualities that are really important to you and don't take any less. Why would you? Mm. But I see that happen where people go, oh, you know, they're so used to taking crumbs in a relationship mm. that they'll bring anybody in right. 
because there's this deep deep yearning for connection this um, despair almost so that if somebody wants to be there you'll take it no matter what and that's the childhood pattern right yeah the caregivers when the caregivers could not really take care of you the way was needed I mean, as a child, you, you can't say, okay, I'll just go live on my own. You gotta settle for what's there, otherwise you can't survive. That is um, natural to the child consciousness. Exactly, I mean, the physical needs have to be taken care of. And otherwise, what happens is an abused child will bond to whatever takes care of those needs. Mm -hmm. So then they're living at a very um, limited level. So I'm realizing we only have another minute. And just to say that I love where this conversation went, because mm -hmm. I had no idea where we were going to go. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of fun, or it is fun, not kind of. Yeah. And um, I just want to you know, thank you for bringing that topic up and where we could go with it. And, um, and I hope that all of you that are watching know that we're going to be doing this more often and have fun with this and also put out some um, information. And if you have questions, feel free to just let us know. And would you like to say anything more, Layla? Beyond traumaproject.org. Yeah. There, write us on the contact form. Leave us a message. Uh, let us know how you like these podcasts or if you have questions or remarks, whatever. Let us know. And I also want to say, Judy, I also loved where you took it, where you took my story, where, you know, the drama triangle and the friendship. I think those are really meaningful conversations. Yeah. And I also brought in a little bit about trust building. I would love to talk about that more, too. Okay, sounds good. Next time. Okay. All right. All righty. Bye. Bye, everyone. Thanks for having listened to the Moving Beyond Trauma podcast. Your healing really matters to us. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe, share, or tell a friend about our podcast. Also, make sure to take a moment to sign up for our mailing list on www.themovingbeyondtraumaproject.org. With lots of care and gratitude, until the next time, 